Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio, everybody. So glad that you could join us. Today we're going to be talking about a nitty-gritty, really cool new feature within the green building industry that I'm very excited about. You know, over the eight years that we've been on the air, we've talked a lot about green building on Go Green Radio. But today we're going to be talking about a brand new product from a company called Sustainable Minds. It's called the Sustainable Minds Transparency Catalog. And it's a catalog of products manufactured to meet some of the most rigorous environmental and health standards in the building industry. And we have the CEO of Sustainable Minds, Terry Swack, with us today. And she's going to be talking about how this catalog could very well transform the green, healthy building movement. And furthermore, how that might impact everyday people uh, as we are in our built environment in offices, homes and schools. So welcome to Go Green Radio, Terry. So glad to have you on the show. Thank you, Jill. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I'm really looking forward to talking with you. Um, This is behind-the-scenes work to bring green, healthy buildings to fruition. And your company, Sustainable Minds, has just launched this transparency catalog. Talk to us about the problem that you were looking to solve by creating this new catalog. Thanks, Jill. Um, We've actually been working for a number of years to become ready uh, as a culture and as a society to embrace transparency in many sectors, right? Banking, now building. In fact, uh, in the building industry, they're saying transparency is the new green. (laughs) And so what's happened is that in the building industry, people got tired of just hearing about single attributes uh, of energy use or recycled content, and nobody really knew what that meant. And how does it add up to something uh, that really means greener or healthier? And so this idea of transparency uh, takes it to the next level that says, look, if manufacturer, if you're going to make claims about uh, your product's performance, then, then back it up with some science. Um, and that's what uh, the U.S. Green Building Council did with their latest version of LEED v4, uh, which now is the de facto version of LEED. They've incentivized architects, builders, and contractors to specify products that go into buildings because buildings are just a compilation of products where a manufacturer has produced transparency information. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they have manufactured to the most rigorous standards, but they have reported to the most rigorous standards, meaning they're being transparent about how they make their products and what they've put in their products. And so by creating a catalog of all the brands in North America and abroad who have created disclosures, transparency disclosures, for their products means that these are the manufacturers who are actually doing stuff to improve their products and have gone out on a limb uh, to be transparent. 
So by creating a catalog of products with transparency information, we've put a filter on the industry of these are the brands that are stepping up and here are the products that they're disclosing on, which means that they're likely to be their actually best, highest performing, greener and healthier products, or at least they're best selling, uh, which is why they would be investing in the time, the time and money uh, and expertise required to create these kinds of reports. The problem at the end of the day that we're looking to solve is to create a virtuous cycle for the market to be able to create more demand for these higher performing products and for the manufacturers to respond in a carrot kind of way, right? Stimulate Mm -hmm. supply, uh, create demand, stimulate supply, and really reward these manufacturers and all the ones now moving forward who are being transparent. And that is how we will end up with actually, you know, people don't want just reports. They're not just looking for the disclosures. They're looking for actually higher performing, greener and healthier products. And, uh, you know, if we reward the manufacturers who are really making those, they're going to make more. Absolutely. That's what will go in the buildings that we live in and work in and ultimately uh, achieve the goal of living in uh, a healthier indoor and outdoor planet. Absolutely. And I watched a video that you guys have up about the catalog and it talked a little bit about, you know, how uh, architects and engineers and contractors would otherwise go about trying to find the information that you've made so readily available in the catalog. And it was a really arduous, time-consuming task. And so I'm sure they are thrilled um, that you've uh, that you've put this catalog together. Talk to us about the types of products that are listed in the transparency catalog right now, because I know it's brand new. Um, and then talk to us about how you'd like to see that product list grow over time. Sure. So we launched the catalog with over 350 brands. And that really does span uh, a large uh, range of the types of products that go into buildings. There's a a numbering system created by the Construction Specification Institute called the CSI Master Format uh, System, where they've created a, a number of categories, about 40 categories, with many, many, many subcategories of products so that specifiers can easily find products of a certain type. Uh, So there's an organized way of of getting those products into the building. And so manufacturers uh, often make products in multiple uh, CSI master format divisions. And so our products span hundreds and hundreds of categories because we've listed brands that make products that span those categories. So uh, how the catalog will grow will be as more brands continue to become transparent and add their products in the categories that they choose to to disclose in. Now, the categories that are most popular today um, are the ones that uh, either really did have... Uh, material ingredients uh, that uh, were potentially hazardous or impactful 
or were products that consumed a lot of energy uh, in, in manufacturing, and there was early demand for disclosure about uh, embodied energy, uh, embedded, embodied water, uh, end-of-life impacts. And so industries like flooring, uh, ceiling tiles, uh, insulation uh, that were, and, and materials like aluminum and, and other kind of mater- materials that go into building infrastructure uh, were really kind of tasked with getting their act together and uh, starting to uh, do these research studies to understand the impacts, improve their products, and ultimately produce these disclosures. Particularly the uh, uh, furniture, flooring, uh, wall coverings, paints and coatings, uh, things that uh, have uh, off-gassing, and most importantly, things that people come in contact with that they actually touch. Mm-hmm. These are all categories that have uh, really had to respond early uh, because these are the things that are front and center for people. And then you know, we're, we're out of kind of the early adoption phase of product transparency into, and now into early mainstream. And so what the green building rating systems have done, uh, again, is to incentivize professionals to specify products with transparency information, the requirement is now to specify a pretty large number of products uh, to earn credits in those programs. It's actually, uh, you have to have at least 20 permanently installed products to earn any particular credit uh, and from a whole range of manufacturers. So for that to come to fruition, there's going to need to be a lot of different manufacturers creating a lot of different kinds of products with transparency information, and now that's the expectation because transparency is the new green. Right. Now, if using the transparency catalog ends up streamlining the process of finding product information for green or healthy building certifications, how might that impact the cost of certifying a building? Because I know, you know, for for some buildings, I mean, there is sort of a, a cost... Uh, avoidance to to going ahead and getting some of those third-party certifications. Could this bring the cost down and would this make it more likely that building owners and real estate developers might pursue third-party building certifications? You know, Jill, that is an excellent question um, and, and one that has not been posed to me yet. But what I can imagine is that, you know, the, the green building rating systems and the, the verifiers uh, have a task to do uh, to go through the protocol uh, to evaluate the building owner, the architects, the contractor's submission of the documentation required to be uh, verified and then to get that certification um, so I'm not sure that product selection would impact the verification process, but streamlining product selection uh, will save the preparers, the designers of, and owners of the building and the preparers of those packages hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of hours, not having to go to 25, 30, 50, 100 different places whether it's a manufacturer's website or a rating system, uh, 
website or uh, other kinds of, of databases to try to select those products, get the documentation, and put it on a package. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what technology is best at doing, uh, which is streamlining uh, tasks that uh, are today uh, very arduous and hard to do in the real world. Right. And well, and catalog, it just occurred. Yeah, it occurs to me. And uh, just before we take a quick break, you know, these folks who would be looking for this information, I mean, they're not minimum wage workers. I mean, their time no, is significant right. money. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you're no, and, and that's time, that's where I could imagine. Yeah. That some costs would decrease. Would be in the preparation and application yep. uh, for exactly. for the rating systems. Uh, which, which is, you know, I'm really glad you brought this up. It is no small amount of money exactly. for building owners to go get those buildings certified. Exactly. Uh, and and that's what I'm hoping that your catalog yeah. can address. And we're going to take yeah. a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we have much more with Terry Swack. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could all join us. I just want to remind our listeners that Go Green Radio is just one component of a much larger program. Uh, Back in 2002, I founded the Go Green Initiative, and you can find that website at www.gogreeninitiative.org. And it's actually the largest environmental education program globally. We work in schools in all 50 states and in 73 countries around the world, helping schools to conserve 
conserve natural resources and to protect human health, especially children's health, through environmental stewardship. So if you'd like to be part of that network, if you'd like to donate to that network, all of our offerings to schools are free to them, and that's how we continue to do that great work. So check us out. If you're just tuning in, our guest today is Terry Swack. She's the founder and CEO of Sustainable Minds, and they have just launched a transparency catalog that we're talking about that really could have a huge impact on the green building industry, and I'm excited to have her on. So, Terry, let's shift gears just a little bit from the last segment and talk about the manufacturers of products that qualify for points under some of the most popular green and healthy building certifications. Talk to us about the investments that they have to make in order to meet third-party environmental and health standards. Yeah, um, those investments are are quite substantial. And when you look at the breadth of information that they need to pull together to do it, it can be mind-boggling when you think about uh, manufacturers of any uh, substantial size. They make tens, if not thousands, of products uh, and multiply that by SKUs and then look at the supply chain. And so to do an environmental impact report uh, called an ISO Type 3 environmental declaration, also known as an EPD, they actually have to gather data from all of the parts of the product's life cycle, so all the raw materials, all the manufacturing processes. That means primary data from their own things that they manufacture in their own facilities, as well as data from all the suppliers they buy from, whose products they use in their products, data from use phase scenarios, end-of-life impacts, transportation impacts between raw materials and manufacture, manufacture and distribution, distribution and use, use and end-of-life. It is a very long technical process of gathering that data And then using some very sophisticated tools used by uh, life cycle assessment professionals. So life cycle assessment is the globally recognized method for evaluating the relative impacts of uh, products and systems that look at the chemical compositions of all of those inputs and then attribute all of the chemistry from all of those inputs to different categories of environmental impact that could be anywhere from 6 to 12 different explicit impact categories ranging from impacts to human health or impacts to the built and natural environment. So global warming is one of those impact categories, uh, but things like water eutrophication, uh, ecotoxicity, and different types of impact categories get reported in different parts of the world. So if you're a global manufacturer, there are reporting requirements for different parts of the world using different standards for different parts of the world, which means they have to produce these technical studies and then interpret them into these end-user reports that then get third-party verified to be used in different parts of the world. So not only is it uh, not something they know how to do, it's not been something that they 
uh, have grown up with in the manufacturing world. It's now something that originally was introduced in Europe uh, from a regulatory perspective uh, because Europe has really been far ahead of uh, North America in terms of uh, regulating uh, the use of, of, uh, of materials and environmental impacts and what happens to them at the end of life. And so there are requirements for uh, now reporting some of this data, which is not the case in North America. It's, it's voluntary disclosure. So for manufacturers in North America to go through all that effort and, and actually, you know, there's some risk involved of being that transparent and disclosing what they're putting in their products and how they're making them. And it's voluntary. means that uh, whether they're doing it well because they're just getting started or whether they're really expert at it, where they have their own internal folks and it becomes part of the way they're making their products, you know, manufacturers are kind of along a, a spectrum of having gotten started or having done it for a long time. But the fact that they're doing it means that it's, it's a company that's actually making an effort. And that's why uh, the Transparency Catalog wants to first celebrate all of those manufacturers who have stepped up to start making the effort and let's keep encouraging them. And let's make sure right. that they're using that data to plow it back into their product development and manufacturing processes to improve them. Because it's not enough go through the effort to then produce reports, which is not the original intent of doing these kinds of disclosures. The original intent was to do these studies and then keep the results private and confidential, but take it back uh, to improve your products. Mm -hmm. Now there's this demand for transparency and the demand requires verifiable or verified technical information and so now these kinds of reports are doing double duty. Um, so right. again, it's voluntary, and those manufacturers let's let's support them and and let's encourage them to use that information not just to disclose but to actually make better products. Absolutely. Well, and if they do, I mean that benefits us all. That we know that studies show we're spending more and more of our time inside the built environment Um, and so healthier more environmentally sustainable products uh, are good for all of our health now when you showcased the transparency catalog at green build which is for those of you who don't know in our listener community green build is a huge conference and i mean huge, uh, to the tune of tens of thousands of people who gather. Um, it was initiated by the U.S. Green Building Council, and it's it's a big conference of building industry professionals. When you showcased the transparency catalog at that conference, how did manufacturers respond, Terry? Uh, the manufacturers were uh, beyond intrigued because the story gets even even harder to believe. Those manufacturers who have produced these kinds of disclosures uh, don't really have a good way uh, to use them currently in their sales and marketing processes. Mm. So because they're technical documents, they're produced largely by uh, technical product folks in the organization 
or technical marketing, um, but there hasn't yet really been a good way uh, to distribute those documents. Today, there's still a lot of kind of people call up and, uh, and the manufacturers have had to put resources in place to respond to individual requests to send these documents, or if they've put them on uh, their own website, they're very difficult to find. Uh, they're often not connected to the products that they're disclosing. Um, and, you know, connected to the question you'd asked earlier, lots of times uh, you can only find them in the uh, databases of the third-party verifiers or the rating systems that, that these disclosures have been issued from. And so being able to say to these guys, look, you've already invested a lot of time, energy, and money in creating these disclosures, but you haven't necessarily been able to uh, draw a connect line, uh, draw a direct line from all of this work to winning more business. Mm-hmm. So this is all about being able to leverage the investments you've already made in a very low-cost, high-value way that gets your products in front of the people who care. Yeah. All in one place. And then we send them to your website. Well, and, and, and I so love that's, that that's aspect. That's just a new of it. idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a new idea. And that's why, you know, their response was both intrigue and, wow, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yes. I figured you would say like giddy. This. Because if I were a manufacturer who had put that much time, effort, and money into creating, you know, the, the kind of specifications that you must in order to meet those third-party certifications in that rigor. And someone were putting together um, a very user-friendly, forward-facing uh, B2B uh, catalog that made it easy for my potential customers to find that, I would be giddy. <laughs> now, the transparency catalog has four levels for manufacturers to choose from in order to be listed in the catalog. And I'd love for you to spend a couple of minutes telling us about each level and how they differ. Sure. So, in, in this world of transparency, and, you know, we've been hearing a lot about it, again, banking, politics, uh, and Often, uh, you know, transparency has to go f- go into the realm of, of privacy and data security. There are a lot of questions that are being brought up about who can use data that's publicly available uh, and who owns that data, who has the right to uh, use it in what form. And so uh, we want to be very careful and respectful of uh, the way that we present information from a brand. And so uh, the four levels, and again, because we're trying to do a service for both the people who are looking for products and then the people who are making them, uh, now think of this as kind of like a yellow pages kind of uh, structure uh, the lowest level, we have what's called a freemium listing. And so we we did months and months of research to, you know, identify already the 350-plus manufacturers who have produced some kind of 
uh, transparency information for their products. Uh, and so a freemium listing um, allows the user to know that that manufacturer has products with transparency information. Mm-hmm. And we even show uh, if it's going to be environmental impact or material ingredient kind of information or, uh, for products. But we send them to the manufacturer's website. We say, look, this manufacturer does have products with transparency information, but you're going to need to go to their website to find it. Mm-hmm. Because it's not our it's not our content and it's not our uh, it's not our brand. Right, right, and that's going to give the manufacturers a lot of control over you know how they present that. Terry, we've got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to pick right up with where we left off, talking about uh, the different ways that manufacturers can be part of this transparency catalog. And folks, don't go away. We've got much more Go Green Radio right after this. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could all tune in. And just in case you've only now joined us, let me catch you up. Our guest today is Terry Swack, and she is the founder and CEO of a company called Sustainable Minds. They have several products that you can check out on their website, sustainableminds.com. But today, we're talking about a brand new product that they've just unveiled called the Transparency Catalog. And just before we went to break, last segment, Terry, you were talking to us about the four levels that manufacturers can choose from in order to be listed in the catalog. And I wanted to let you finish. Go right ahead. 
Oh, sure. Yeah, so I was talking about our freemium listing um, where we send a user to the manufacturer's website to find the products with transparency information. But this is the first piece of how we're creating this virtuous cycle because we also have a link on that page that says to the AEC professional, if you like this manufacturer's products, let them know they have a free listing in the catalog and that they should put their products here because it's going to make a better tool for you and get visibility for their products. This is how, you know, the beginning of how do we create demand uh, and send the signal to those manufacturers. The next listing level is if you do business, if you're a manufacturer and you create any of your disclosures with any members of the Program Operator Consortium, which is this uh, group of technical standards developers that we helped found, then you're going to get your uh, technical disclosures listed for free in the catalog. That you're Now people have direct access to those disclosures and we send them to your website. Both those things are free. The only level of listing that, that we sell actually is uh, – to upgrade from one or the other uh, and to say it's not enough to just send people to your website because they're not going to find those products. It's going to be hard. And it's not enough just to link to the disclosures. People want product information. They're looking for products, not just disclosures. So let's add your products with links to all the disclosures that are related to them. And to be fully transparent, we'll add to the manufacturer's Uh, listing their own Google Analytics tag so they can track uh, the use of that page directly in their own dashboard instead of relying on on us to uh, provide analytics. Nice. The third level is uh, uh, our featured brands. And our transparency catalog is one of our transparency products. And so our transparency products are a new kind of cloud-based set of reports to help make this disclosure information understandable and meaningful. And so all in one standardized cloud-based report, the manufacturer can provide the product information, the disclosure information, and then the interpretation of what's being disclosed, and then all those stories about what they're doing to improve all in one place. So in our view of the world, if we're successful uh, as a company, the catalog really serves as a tool to first solve the problem of findability Mm -hmm. for professionals. Let me find the manufacturers of products with transparency information. But then the next steps are let's make it understandable and meaningful, and then let's put it to work. Let's allow folks to create collections of products for projects. Let's let them automatically map the value of those products to uh, the value in the rating systems and produce that documentation. Let's allow them to syndicate, uh, if you're a manufacturer, now that the data is in the cloud, would you like it to be used in other kinds of calculators and applications as we look at whole building LCA and other types of design and modeling tools, uh, and it goes on and on, uh, all with the intent to make things findable, understandable, meaningful, and useful to ultimately inform 
better decisions about products to make higher performing, greener and healthier buildings. And everybody wins, right? The manufacturers win. Yep. And on that level of findability, when I go to the Transparency Catalog, I've got a question on this. I go to www.transparencycatalog.com, and I see a list of manufacturers that I can click on to find out more information. But let's say I want to search by products. If I want to find paint or light bulbs or sheetrock or whatever, and I want to search by products, not by brands, is that a feature that's coming or is it a feature that I missed? Yeah, no, absolutely. And actually, on the front page of the site, in the right-hand top corner, mm-hmm. uh, is a thumbnail of the catalog with the filtering capabilities implemented. And we have that as well on, on the About page, so you can see the different levels. We launched first with one use case, okay. which was View by Brand. We wanted to see all the brands that it got ready and all the products from those brands. When we implement the filtering, it's only supporting a second use case, which is, okay, now let me find all the brands that have products in a particular category. Mm-hmm. And because the layout of the catalog is visual, people will be able to see who's got products, how many, in what categories, in, in which of the CSI Master Format categories, and what are the key attributes uh, that the disclosures are telling you about about those products. So uh, that functionality is there. We haven't uh, deployed it yet because we wanted the focus to first be on the brands. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. Now, let's talk about how the transparency catalog might benefit the green building rating systems. I mean, you've got LEED, and now there are others that are focused on wellness. Um, Even here in California, where I live, there's the Cal Green building standards. Um, How does the transparency catalog benefit those rating systems? Right. Well, a lot of the rating systems have... have, uh, now integrated aspects of product transparency, whether it's environmental impact or, or material health into, uh, into their rating systems. But until manufacturers are disclosing that information, uh, people going after those ratings, building owners going after those ratings, uh, aren't able to either get points uh, in that aspect of the rating system or maybe not achieve the rating. And so, you know, what this is doing by stimulating the demand for products with transparency information means that more buildings can then be built to the green building rating system specifications and therefore more buildings uh, can earn those ratings. Uh, So it just, it floats everybody's boat, right? Everybody Mm -hmm. benefits. The manufacturers benefit from their products being able to be found and specified, and it saves the AEC professionals lots of time uh, to find those best products. And uh, at the end of the day, the rating systems benefit because there's more buildings to to rate, and we all win in the end because we're actually creating uh, better buildings uh, that have less impact on the environment and uh, contribute to better health and wellness. 
Absolutely. Now, a lot of our listeners are either involved in or very keenly interested in public policy. So to the extent that, you know, some green building projects are driven by public policy, what should public policymakers know about your transparency catalog? I think right now, right at the beginning, now that it's new, they should know that it exists uh, and that our intent is, in fact, to create this virtuous cycle of supply and demand so that there's more, that this simply becomes part of the way manufacturers and designers and builders just do business. And those folks making public policy uh, can watch the uh, adoption uh, in in the marketplace, you know, awareness and adoption, uh, so that policy can keep step with actual uh, with, with what's what, what's really happening in the marketplace, not to be too far forward uh, or lagging, uh, but to be uh, to be in sync, and and knowing how. Uh, the private sector is responding to these kinds of market demands should give them a good uh, barometer uh, of where policy needs to be today and where it should go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give public policymakers one more really pragmatic hint on this. Um, a lot of times when green buildings are being considered um, by municipalities or school districts, uh, they're dealing with limited funds that are public funds, and they are supposed to be good stewards of those funds. And every now and again, uh, you know, I'm sure that they come across architects and engineers and construction folks who are not necessarily keeping up with um, the best practices in the industry. And for them to know that the transparency catalog exists and that it could save time and money on the development phase of these projects so that, you know, a a good architect, a good engineer, good construction person is going to know about the transparency catalog and will be able to save time and money using them. For public policymakers who want to drive green buildings but also be good stewards of public funds, the transparency catalog is a great way to implement that kind of mindset and that kind of practicality um, because you can shave some of the, the funds off of that initial phase of designing your green building. So that's my two cents worth, folks. I, I'm originally from the Midwest. We have that sort of uh, that that common sense that the Midwesterners are very proud of. So um, if that's a pragmatic solution for public policymakers when it comes to using the transparency catalog, great. We've got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we'll have much more with Terry Swack and the transparency catalog. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? 
Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. I'm thrilled that you could all tune in today. Our guest today, if you're just tuning in, is Terry Swack. She's the founder and CEO of Sustainable Minds, and we're talking about their brand new product product called the Transparency Catalog. Now, Terry, you know, over time, I've worked with a variety of manufacturers who are in the green space, and some of them are really proud to be certified on the cradle-to-cradle certified product registry, and I'm wondering Mm -hmm. how the information in your transparency catalog differs from that product registry. Um, It doesn't differ. differ. It's inclusive. So if a manufacturer has a product that has a cradle-to-cradle certification, that certification is listed uh, accompanying uh, the, the product information. It, it's one of those attributes, and then we uh, we not only link to that certification, we kind of pull up some key attributes about that certification at the top-level interface uh, so that uh, the user who's scanning uh, the products from that manufacturer or products from multiple manufacturers in that category can see, oh, you know, this manufacturer has uh, an EPD and a declare label and a cradle-to-cradle certificate for this one product or product family. And if the user wants to know more, they can drill into that and actually get to the cradle-to-cradle certificate, uh, and uh, which is right on this cradle-to-cradle site. So we, we're all about actually sending people not only to the manufacturer's website, but to the different uh, rating systems uh, and uh, a disclosure uh, organization so that people can learn more uh, if they want to uh, about uh, how each of those programs work. That's very cool. I also want to point out that uh, you've dedicated a portion of the proceeds raised with the Transparency Catalog to go to a charity. And I want to give you a chance to talk about your charity of choice. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about that. And I also like to say that this is one of the most valuable contributions from uh, one of the members of the team. So I can't take credit for the idea, but I think I might have inspired the idea. We're going to give a portion of the Transparency Catalog proceeds to the National Park Foundation. And we have an image of a national park on every page in the catalog, which is a reminder to us and to everyone else that this, the purpose of this catalog is not about you know, just supply and demand uh, to grow our economy, which is you know, a, a great objective in and of itself, but this is all in service of, of a larger idea which is preserving our, our natural environment. And so um, we want people to feel like you know, doing business with us, they're doing something good for their company and they're doing something good just in general, uh, kind of connecting that idea to what they're doing to a, to a bigger idea. Just a, a, quick, a quick side note about kind of what inspired this idea was uh, this summer, my husband and I were on vacation uh, in Glacier National Park mm. on the actual day of the 100th anniversary of the National Park Service, wow. and we were w- well into this amazing hike uh, that was uh, you know, pretty high up and pretty, pretty far away, and right there in the middle of the hike, we ran smack into Sally Jewell, the Secretary of the Interior. Oh, my gosh. With, with her press corps. <laughs> who proceeded to have the actual press conference on the 100th anniversary that day out uh, on this trail with this incredible view, and I was standing two feet away from her. Oh, my and stars. I was, I was so inspired, and so, you know, she talked about, you know, what, you know, 100 years of what the National Park Service has done for the country, mm-hmm. and then she spent the rest of the time talking about what climate change uh, is doing to our, our natural environment and how uh, the U.S. government, the Canadian government, the Native American organizations in that region are all working together now, not just uh, looking at uh, imposed you know, national guidelines, but looking at uh, the geography of the entire continent and how can we collaborate and work together to preserve our natural resources, and what kind of plans do we need to make for the next hundred years? Interesting. And it's, a, That's, it's a daunting task. It is. But, wow, what an opportunity to see that up close. I can completely understand how that would have inspired you to support the National Parks Foundation, which, I mean, I am such a huge fan of the National Parks myself. We've had some folks on, you know, from their organization on Go Green Radio to to make that the um, beneficiary of your charitable contributions. That's fantastic. I, I love the idea of the transparency catalog on so many levels. I mean, transparency in and of itself is a very noble task. I want to shift the focus for just a couple minutes to you, though, Terry, because a lot of our listeners are students. Many of them are college students. Some of them are graduate students. And I like to emphasize that there are many pathways to a quote-unquote green job. And I'd love for you to take just a moment to talk to our listeners about how your education and your career background led you to the place where you're now in such an influential job 
you know, that's really impacting the green building industry. Talk to us about that. Okay. (laughs) If I I give you my whole story, one, it'll take too long, and and two, it's going to definitely tip off listeners to my to my age, but I'll do it anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm a graphic designer, and I have a BFA in graphic design from uh, the University of the Arts in Philadelphia. And I started my graphic design career well before there were computers. And when computing uh, became a thing and people started using computers uh, for design, uh, I saw that the, the role of the designer had to be more impactful and influential in kind of thinking about hard design problems that couldn't be solved just by somebody sitting at a computer and, and manipulating, uh, you know, kind of what things looked like. And so I changed my company to an Internet strategy and product development firm in, in the mid-'90s and got very involved in thinking about uh, the influence of a user's experience or customer experience in the interaction with a company's technology to, uh, uh, you know, build, build those relationships between users and organizations. And I built a pretty interesting company and kind of at the height of the Internet bubble, you know, I, I crested that wave and I sold that company, which was pretty cool. Um, and then after a year or two of working with some other startups, uh, I came to think that I knew how to do a lot of things and it was time to do something that mattered. And so uh, I decided that working on clean energy and bringing clean energy mainstream was going to be the most important thing to work on. Uh, so I started a company before this one. It was called The Beam. And The Beam uh, was a marketplace, an online marketplace, to promote the latest, coolest, greenest products and services. And we actually built a listing of national uh, residential uh, building professionals so that homeowners could find folks to help them build greener homes. Uh, and then we were going to go build a uh, shopping center, which was the next part of it. But in 2006, 2007, there, there weren't a lot of great green products in the marketplace. So, well, why was that? Well, that's because uh, green didn't mean anything, and that was well before green was cool. And by the way, green didn't mean anything, and manufacturers, even who would care, didn't really know what to do. And so we saw the opportunity to have an even more impactful company if we created a company that delivered knowledge and tools to product manufacturers that would actually help them make greener and healthier products. That is and now so cool. after eight years of being in, in, in business and our first, uh, our first products were to help them do that, now that transparency became a thing a few years ago, we expanded our product line to our, develop our awesome. transparency products. Anyway, to answer your question, uh, I think today people have to make up their own jobs because there aren't really enough great jobs that people can be uh, passionate about that pre-exist. I think I people believe that out too. Of school today can, can really help organizations think differently about the way 
they do business and operate and be very influential. Such a pioneer. That is exactly right. Well said. And thank you so much for what you're doing. You're such an inspiration. And I'm glad you were on the show today. Thanks, folks, for joining us. We'll be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. Until then, have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.